Bazinga. Born ready. I was born ready. That's right. That Welcome right. back, listener, to the Nice Prize Podcast episode. Where are we at, Nathan? 65? 51. 65, baby. I think. Maybe I'm wrong. That sounds right. Season 3, episode 12. No way. It's season 3 still. <laughs> we got we to gotta, um, figure out when the finale is going to be. Maybe... Hey, Maybe maybe you'll hear about the season finale coming up later in the show. True. Ooh, I like that idea. That's a great idea. <clears throat> Until then. For the listener, that's Matt's first great idea. <laughs> this podcast will be nothing without me. So, Enoch, you're still at the store. You just closed up. What section are you in? Uh, I am in the uh, mangoes and graphic novels. And What's your favorite uh, manga? Um, I know this. Hang on. Because uh, one time I answered the one, you asked me that about a damn uh, anime, and I said one, but it was. It turns out it had been the other one. It was a manga. Uh, oh. So whatever Akira? that one was. Akira. Is that one? Well, it. for all I know, it might have started as a manga, but it's definitely an anime. Okay. Well, shit. Um, I guess it's that one. No, no, no. Um, hang on. Uh, Naruto. <laughs> okay yeah yeah <laughs> i have never read it um but it's a cartoon how many how many there are uh it's good there's like we sometimes we'll have like 60 of the books in here well let's yeah let's let's rein it back in here neither of us know what the hell we're talking about there's one about what, boxing i've been meaning to read but. what was the um what was the vibe in the store today any, any uh, anecdotes any assholes without masks so today was our slowest day since we've been back. I'll say that. Uh, I thought perhaps that was a fluke, but then maybe maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was people. I don't know. I don't know why it would suddenly affect it now, um, but today was our slowest day. Um, foot traffic wasn't that far off. What are, what are people buying right now? What's one, what are a couple of the hot ticket records right now? Just in general. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly curious. Um, well, the biggest one is one that comes out Friday that we are about to have in stock, which is the new Krangbin record. Uh, um, people people the, love that love band. That they're band. the biggest band. <laughs> God, they can't get enough of that Earth. band. <laughs> they are, uh, they're the new Red Hot Chili Peppers. They're like the I, biggest know, band in the I, world right now. <laughs> I kind of get it. Have y'all listened to them much? The Red Hot Chili Peppers. I get it 100%. Um, I think they have several good songs. Uh, I don't own their records, and I don't like sit around listening to them a ton. But um, I totally get it. I think it's. I mean, it, uh, my thing isn't so much that they are that they're not great or whatever. It's just how surprisingly big they got immediately. Well, you know, it kind of it's to weird me. because they they kind of almost they're kind of like in that psych rock territory, but they kind of almost remind me more of like a DJ Shadow type vibe, where it's just like you can just sort of like zone out and like I can imagine it being on in a lot of college apartments and dorm rooms while people smoke blunts and stuff like that like it just feels like that kind of vibe oh hell yeah <laughs> yeah it definitely fits in with the with both the tame impala and also the like mad lib yeah, yeah. uh maybe not mad lib mf doom is probably better like no mad lib um like w to your point that it's like it's like um 
it's almost like curated music. Like the songs themselves are curated. Yeah, it sort of um, feels like like uh, like like Paul Seiler made you a Garland playlist with your dinner that you had to carry out for or something like that. Like, yeah. Sounds like it's someone got, got some takeout recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's almost like chomp, chomp, chomp. Paul made a anyway. Uh, no, Paul. We, Paul did. It, we, we did get uh, Garland takeout, and it was fucking sick. And I love also, that little touch that they put on there. The, the, the video, the playlist. the playlist. Yeah, the playlist is really going, good. Um, are we going? Uh, are we going shout out or shout off to Paul? Past and maybe future guests. <laughs> okay. Shout out to Paul as a person. <laughs> maybe kidding. shout I'm off kidding. for making us all watch his favorite movie. Um, he can't stop talking yeah, about yeah. Goldfinger. Uh, shout out Paul for all the things he does. Shout off for him shitting all over our Neil Young episode he hadn't even listened to. <laughs> <laughs> maybe still has it. Speaking yeah. of Neil Young, have, have any of y'all listened to that album? I know that we were kind of talking about if we should even mention it since we don't want to get into it anymore, Neil Young. But I, I, I got a thing to say, but but well, we'll save it for the. For the later talk, I got a thing. Well, well, well I mean, just maybe just mention it now. Go, go for it. What you got? But it's in I'm, connection with the other record. Okay, right. That's what we're talking about, right? The record. Well, okay. I was talking about the Bob Dylan record. Um, Here's the thing I find I find very interesting that I shouldn't spend so much time thinking about, but I did, which is that looking at the reviews of these two albums, uh, the Bob Dylan album is universally more well-regarded than oh, a boy. new current era Bob Dylan album is more highly regarded by everyone than the newly discovered core era Neil Young album is. Well, I'm here to tell you that's a pile I, of horse shit. I, you well, know, I kind of... <laughs> I'm not making I, a judgment on that. I'm saying I think that's a very interesting fluke of the way we perceive and take in music and the context around music and how that influences your thoughts of that I music. Was, thinking almost the exact same thing because I was listening to both of those records thinking about how I, I was trying to think about how I would feel about this Neil Young record had I not known that Levon Levon Helm and Robbie Robertson and Emily Lou Harris like all these people are on it in their prime in the 70s like I was trying to think about how I would feel about this record had it been what if it was a new Neil Young a new Neil Young record right now where it's just like his bros and San Jose on it <laughs> like you know what sure. I mean and, uh, It'd be the the promise of the real. Yeah, the promise. Yeah, if it was if it was that crew on there, and I was just kind of thinking about it, and I was wondering. I mean, it's got some jammers. Obviously, it sounds cooler as like a vibe because it's got that like it was it's authentic era. Like it sounds like the era that you want those artists to sound like. But at the same time, that Bob Dylan record's got some weird shit on it that I just kind of respect the fuck out of. Uh, that Neil know. Young is like almost more like when we were doing the countdown and we were talking about like there comes a time or like some of those ones where you're almost like this is kind of a snooze a little bit like it's got some moments that are like fucking so good especially on a couple of the later tracks but there's a couple parts of it where i was like kind of just not vibing all the way even though i like the whole thing and i'll i'll i've listened to it a ton i'm gonna listen to it a ton more i, I could kind of see myself if i was comparing it to all of the neil young records not liking it as much and the idea of him listening to that and tonight's the night back to back at the listening party and making a split second decision to just release tonight's the night definitely the right call I, that, sure. I will say the one thing you brought up was listening comparing them all you'd have to be insane to do that yeah who would ever that do that and compare all of the <laughs> young you'd have to be a psych, psycho um, um, for the listener if you haven't heard there's a comprehensive definitive list a few episodes back every neil young record uh, well except this one and, uh, uh, and Hitchhiker, Hitchhiker, but we won't get into it. <laughs> we'll get, actually, we are going to get into that on another episode, maybe season yeah, four. We'll, we'll but, talk about uh, that more on another. season four. But I uh, like the, the 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 idea in my head of 
regardless of the your actual thoughts of the actual music, but knowing that the context around them, we and they're they're coming out the same day. Like it's such a hilarious fluke of at a forty year old Neil Young album, a four month old Bob Dylan album coming out in the exact same day and seeing how they're being reacted to in real time is so wild to me. I like agree. like it's just it's just interesting and the way like you know you look back on some classic reviews where they're like yes you know like uh Sgt. Pepper's like pretty good a little silly don't think they can pull this off live like yeah. and then you see how we perceive it now and it's fun to sort of be have a a moment of looking at both of them simultaneously this sort of way you're talking about it like just taking the record itself out of any other context is also how I was listening to another thing we might talk about in a little while from another old white dude. Um, another thing I, I'm talking about, <laughs> I'm talking about the homework portion of I'm the a, show. Might be the youngest person on this pod. No, I guess Matt's a little younger than me. It, well, uh, you're the true. oldest I person. Think, not older than Enoch. Uh, for some reason, I thought you were like just older than Enoch, and then I, he was just older than me. Anyway, uh, funny no, enough, just you should say that. Me, sadly, funny enough, you should say that. I just saw some uh, very funny pictures of you on the internet. Me that your that your sister posted. Me? Which yeah. one? Okay. <laughs> we both have sisters. We both have... Nathan, <laughs> there's some funny sister. pictures of you on the internet as of about half an hour ago. She said that she had to get oh, pick up from now. my mom's house, so that all, that all checks out. Check Is out on Instagram, uh, yeah. Matt? I'm Instagram right and now. Facebook, baby. Oh, God. Okay, let's have like a live unboxing <laughs> of these photos. <laughs> They're very oh, cute. See, I, I know her real name, and then I forget her Instagram name. That makes it very difficult. God, I can't remember. It's Fem, maybe? Oh, yeah, say, yeah. We Praxis, can. I think. Yep, found yep, it. Yep, I, I was a very <laughs> cute child. I you look exactly the same. I, That's well, true. Hey. If uh, if cute if cute means something different, then yes. <laughs> Shout out to Heather. Um, speaking of gar- uh, speaking of, <laughs> look at these photos. <laughs> I know my mom used to dress me up in like bow ties and like fucking like take no me, bow ties like, here. Olin Olin. Uh, Olin there's Mills, tie, Olin no Mills Studio, tie. like all the time. The, the clothing choice is kind of is kind of fresh. Like, it, there's nothing like embarrassing about it. I just oh, got to kick out of it. Shit. There's one that's funny <laughs> because you're wearing a suit and she's so much younger that it looks kind of like maybe you're like if you're glancing, it's like oh look at this weird like small dad with his baby. But it's, <laughs> just... <laughs> Wait, let me see which one are you talking about. <laughs> it's the one where you're wearing a three piece suit, hilarious. with an infant in your lap. <laughs> It's a miniature version oh, that of, one? of a dad. And like, oh, there's like this weird, like small teen dad in his Dude, <laughs> infant child. My mom dressed me up in like a like old man clothes and made me go to like. Yeah, there's a, <laughs> there's a briefcase just out of frame. I'm assuming that we can't quite see. <laughs> with some tiny documents in it. <laughs> oh man, this poor kid. Apple I'm just looking at it, looking at the size of his head compared to the rest of my body. <laughs> Yeah, that's not any compute. better. You I'm never right there really with you. A child. Yeah, yeah I wasn't I'm right there with anything, you as far as but... as far as kid photos and the size of my dome. There's one photo of my mom holding me like I'm like very newborn, like less than a year old, and she's just holding me on her lap. We're both facing the camera, and she's grinning at someone else who like said something funny, and I'm just looking straight ahead of the camera, and my head is as big as hers. <laughs> She's, which is right under right under hers in the photo. It's, yeah, that's sort of that. That was always my vibe too. As a, as a yeah, as a very large man who has like a mom that's like five one, like a hundred pounds, like my whole life. Yeah, she had me when she was like eighteen or nineteen, and she was like 
pretty small in stature, and then you got the fucking fat boy in her lap with the huge dome. <laughs> yeah, this one, Nathan, this sweater, I guarantee that's the last time that, that shit went over your head. They, they probably had to cut that one off after the picture. <laughs> oh, that Bugle Boys? I might still <laughs> got that, that one. That, that, <laughs> I might still that, got that, it. That, that, that tight sweater, there's no way they got that back over your head on the way off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> J- Jaws of life situation. <clears throat> All right. Anyways, well, as as uh, much fun it is for the listeners to to listen to us look at Instagram. Hey, we'll throw um, we'll throw that picture on the uh, on the episode. Sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. I was gonna. What I was going to admit was you were mentioning getting takeout for dinner. I made myself some dinner earlier. I was super psyched on it. I made like some. St- like a stir fry kind of vibe with all like broccoli and like this chicken. I had this like Szechuan oil that I like a lot. And I've made myself kind of like a fuck it all like comfort food, kind of Bobo Chinese food for myself, big bowl of it. And then a piece of broccoli. I, I picked it up. It was hot, still hot from my oven or stovetop. I, I was going to walk, I think it's going walk. I was about to walk over to my couch. This was about 45 minutes ago. Um, to sit down and eat it and watch TV. And a, one piece of broccoli fell out. And as I bent over to pick that up and toss it in the trash can, good everything dumped out of my bowl mm. <laughs> onto the ground. <laughs> like a six-year-old. And like drops that, that was that. Apple juice. So that's what I was... I was like, motherfucker. And I was cleaning up the, my, the floor in my kitchen and up until... Yeah, what did your cat think about Tim? Did, did she like the food? She was very curious about it. I think the spi- the spice level might have turned her off. She might have got a whiff and and then split, but it was not a good scene. So I guess I'm gonna have to remake dinner after this. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's well, pretty you. reasonable hour for dinner. We've been eating at like nine thirty ten every night. Hey, who knows how? Who knows how these crazy bodies work? I was hungry. Well, but Matt, I got I forgot to answer. You asked me a question about um, people with with masks and stuff. Oh I had yeah, my but- first. It's first, an ongoing um, segment now. Yet another. It, I told you. So the first time we had one guy who was kind of a jerk, but he was, but he wore a mask. The second one was I had to ask the first time I had to ask someone to leave. This is the second time to ask someone to leave, but the first time the person was like openly anti-mask. Um, there was a dude who's in the store, and I was helping someone. Didn't see him walk in. And then he walked up to me and was like. What the like, fuck is wrong with these people? So crazy. <laughs> And he was, he was like, oh, man, so glad the store is open. And I, like, started talking to him. I'm so used to it, like, to everyone having one on. I didn't even, like, notice for a second. So I was like, yeah, I know. It's, I was like, oh, yeah, well, I appreciate it. And then as he's about to, he's talking, he's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, wait, you, like, you don't have a mask on, man. Like, you got to put your mask on. He's like, oh, for real? And I was like, yeah, dude, you got to have your mask on. He's like, oh. he's like, I guess I'll leave then. And I was like, yeah, if you don't have a mask, you got to go, man. Like, I don't know what's up. And he's like, oh, he's like, I'm so mad. And he's like, I'm not mad at you. And in my head, I was like, yeah, no shit. You're not mad at me? Don't give a fuck if you are. Like, hey, hey, uh, hey don't I'm worry, man. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. I'm not mad at you. Like, yeah, good goddamn well, you shouldn't. And he was like, he's like, but he's like, I'm just, I'm just mad. He's like, I guess I'll come back when I don't have to wear a mask. And I was like, I want to be like, well, I guess I'll see you like next March. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, but also here's the thing is he's an annoying dude who, okay, he's not a bad guy he's just an annoying person he uh frequently okay he took the opportunity when the shutdown first happened hillsborough street was empty 
he was uh, longboarding down Hillsborough Street, uh, like what would have been against traffic, just like kind of grooving, dancing to this weird thing, wearing tie-dye and just like kind of out of his mind being wacky. Like everyone else is in their houses, no one's leaving, and he's just like rip-roaring down the road on Hillsborough Street right in front of Cup of Joe and stuff. Um, and he also, he's frequently a like uh, front of Cup of Joe, no shirt kind of guy. <laughs> I know the type. It's a vibe. Um, and he is the one person who I, he was in here, he was conducting some sort of business via his telephone and was being so loud on the phone, um, that I just slowly, gradually turned the music up until it was like ear splitting and then he left. <laughs> but like, he was like so unaware That's a nice, I like that move. I've never seen you do that before, but that, that is oh, a, that's my, that's, that, that's my classic if it's the telephone. If people are just in here being loud, I don't, obviously fine, but like telephone gets me. This whole mask ordinance, I think is going to make you reach your breaking point in like being, uh, being reasonable and nice to customers, I think it's going to start. It's going to gradually get more and more until <laughs> you reach a. Breaking well, I told point. you, I've been um, I've been trying to kill them with kindness. Literally, it has not worked yet. So we'll see. Turns <laughs> Maybe out that doesn't really work. <laughs> Turns out I just I'm just kind to them and they don't die. It's miserable. <laughs> they don't get in the um, picture somehow. Well, let's let's stop talking about masks and let's take one second. There's that song you love. There's that song. <coughs> we all love that song. It's a great song. Who wouldn't? Who couldn't? Excellent bass playing on that song. One of the and better songs I've ever written, I would say, lyrically. I believe. We all love different things about it. Seemingly, it's the things that we did. <laughs> <laughs> there might be, there, unlike some other releases or songs or things in life, you might not like everything about it. And uh, I think that's a nice way to bring in this uh, one album that we're going to talk about by a one such Dougie Pool. Dougie. <laughs> Dougie. <laughs> <laughs> it is called Hit Me, Nathan. It's Escaping Me. The Freelancer's Blues. That's it. Well, I think we might have kind of came across this around the same time. Got some got some vetting music here as we intro yeah. it. <laughs> Enix, uh, Enix, um, for the listener, Nathan's listening doing something for the first time. I thought, I, thought, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you would like queued up like some background vetting music. I was like, oh, we're getting professional over here. <laughs> I thought you were about to have a, a mic drop and it was, it was your, I'm going to bring him on the show. <laughs> it was about to get awkward. He comes in through <laughs> the get real awkward. Whoa, also not wearing a mask, Dougie. Get real. <laughs> I think we might have came across this record at the same time because when you when Wait, you what hit if me, Orville Peck stops wearing a mask now to flip it? Whoa! Why doesn't he fucking sell these masks now? That's a missed merch merch opportunity. He did for a while. COVID Orville mask? No, COVID approved though. Like Sarah ninety five. Sarah from Wingdam slash Get Shredded Vintage was making ones that like with tassels and looked like that. They looked pretty mm, rad. That's cool. That's sick. I'm not shout sure if she still has them available, but shout out to her business and her old band. Do I get shredded? Yep. Oh yeah, that's right. 
on they Instagram. A, I think it's just called. They have Kitchener a brick and mortar now, or they have a bigger brick and mortar now. Yeah, oh, I, I that, think they just I've moved. Um, That's cool. Everybody should check uh, that place out if you haven't. We'll put it in the. I don't know how we link it, or we'll, actually maybe when we do the the photos, Matt, we can add one of her thing in there. Sure, a lot of good stuff. But Instagram sort of is like get a, shredded like vintage. Father and son meets um, edge of verge type vibe. Sure. <clears throat> but when you sent out this album to the Paradise Motel Lounge, was it that or the or this pod group text? Either way, I, Mot- yeah, it was the it was the band. I think I was in bed. I had or something. listened to it separately, but but did you listen to it? And I didn't I didn't click on it, but when I clicked on it the following day, I recognized the cover. It's a very pleasant, looks uh, good, ap- appealing to my eyes cover. I was like, oh, I've been seeing this pop up here and there and uh, took it for a spin and I am kind of vibing on it pretty hard. I like it, too. I- I've been listening to it. I saw um, Pitchfork post about it a little while ago. And since I'm at home just reading Internet stuff, I saw that they had re- reviewed an album that they described as somewhat country, but like, you know, not exactly. And a little so bit I was country, like, a little bit rock and roll. Yeah, it kind of stuck in my head a little bit as like something <laughs> I should be check a trifle out. bit and rock then and roll. I saw American Drunkard that blog. That's um, where I saw it first. And I yeah, it's Aquarium Drunkard, not American Drunkard, but <laughs> that's <laughs> me. Aquarium <laughs> Drunkard. American Drunkard, I think, is your website that, name. <laughs> oh hell yeah! That <laughs> blog spot. Yeah. Well, uh, they have that little section on there that says on the turntable, and they have like six, yeah, like album yeah. cover icons that they have been listening to and I always I check that like once a month or so but they had so I so I heard that and then I was uh I just I was like well might as well listen to this thing now I noticed it was on Wharfcat, which I thought was a weird label for a country record um and so that also kind of piqued my interest and threw it on I'm very into it I, I like it a lot um and well his root I don't, his roots are certainly not in country I don't know if you know this but country's in right now <laughs> first time hearing about it <laughs> and and uh, the, the past, the, the records before this, or the couple of tracks I listened to off the last one, were not exactly like this. Some some elements of it were leaning, and the, yeah, this seems like a very uh, deliberate. I'm going to make this kind of sounding album to me, which doesn't yeah. bother me at all. I, I like the execution of it, and it was produced by the guy that's in that band Eaters. Do you know that band? They're kind of like a not off post punky. You've probably seen that album cover, I feel like, but but it's like a Brooklyn noise. He's band also name done sounds familiar, but. He's done like um he like produced like a PC worship record and some other mm. stuff like that. Like he's done like a couple things along those lines. And the dude, um uh Dougie Poole has played with Dougie Drug Dealer, who we just covered a couple episodes ago, and Jerry Paper and some other people. So he's who kinda was like Dylan in Dylan that scene. uh talked about on his episode. And I, I saw that on like Spotify will list associated artists or similar or whatever and they were all like not none of them really sounded like this so i was wondering what the connection was so i guess he just buds with those people uh yeah yeah it's probably just you know he doesn't have a ton of a big following yet but i feel like um this album could pick up a little bit i i I don't know enoch Enoch was not not a total fan of the production. That's kind of one of my favorite things about it, honestly. Like I kind of, I, I kind of love how it sounds. There was, I, I'll say, I like um, several of the songs lyrically. I like the title. I like the vibe in general. I honestly found, and 
you had thought maybe it was the way I listened to them. I didn't listen to it at the store or on the store com- speakers. It was actually computer speakers, which probably doesn't help either. But uh, the sort of uh, synthesized pedal steel. Uh, it's just a pedal steel with with a tremolo on it. Um, and there's all, but there's also keyboards. There at are some keys points. in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey everybody, I just wanted to cut in a quick clip of the sound we're talking about from the song that Enoch heard, Dougie Pulse, Los Angeles. Um, the, what, the whatever that is, sounds, Enoch hates it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is sort of like me trying to describe like a vegetable I haven't had. I'm like, you know what? At the end of it, I don't know what the fuck it is. I don't like it though. Whatever it is, (laughs) I I really found that, and it must be, you know, that thing that like some people have where they, um, where cilantro tastes like soap. Yep. Right. Where it's like a genetic, like this sound. It's clearly something that I'm more sensitive to. Like the way it is in the mix, I honestly couldn't make it through the whole song. I was like, "Ha!" Ah. That's like, that's I, I why I that's away. honestly why I really think that it might be partially your speaker setup because sometimes with sounds like that on smaller speakers, or I was thinking maybe it was at the store and it was like a panned thing or something like that. But on smaller speakers, stuff like that, sometimes if you're not listening on a normal stereo, it can affect how those things cut through and they can kind of take over, especially. If it's like a computer speaker from like 1998 or however old your computer is or that you got from like being a guest on Home Improvement one time or something. I don't know how the fuck you got that thing. But uh, I don't know uh, how I got it either. So that doesn't help. But the um, but like I was thinking like maybe that's the case because I was listening to that album as we were texting about it on like a normal stereo. And I thought it sounded very even and good and not overpowering. So I was wondering if that maybe had something to do with it. And I didn't know if you had listened to it again. So here's what happened. I listened to it a few weeks ago when it first got reviewed on Pitchfork. And I was like, oh, this sounds interesting. I love the title. And I was like, oh, that's good. Good title. And I like the idea of a, mo- like, instead of retreading the same, like, it's still in the country uh, tradition, but just, like, he's not scared to say the word internet or email, which is, yeah. like, a thing that some <laughs> people are terrified of. Like, no, 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 only, only whiskey well, it's and, also and, hard like, to do, tires sometimes on the road. if somebody does that in the wrong way, it's, like, cringeworthy. So it, right, and, and especially okay. when the song when it crosses over and you're complaining about like your MySpace profile in a country song, and it's it goes to be a few years later and you're like a total asshole. <laughs> um, it's the same reason people don't get too political because if you mention the president, it doesn't matter. I understand the 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 fear of putting contemporary stuff in music, but Freelancers Blues, for example, I think is a very good way of like uh, modernizing the uh, the current. Uh, world in a country tradition. The trouble was when I started listening to songs. I like honestly, the way that was like in the mix and the way it sounds. I like hated it. I hated it so much. Anyway, that's that was weeks and weeks and weeks ago. I was just like, oh god, I'm not gonna mention this record because I thought maybe I would. Then you texted about it and I was like, well shit, do I say anything or do I just say like, cool, yeah, we'll <laughs> talk about it? And I just don't say anything. And I mentioned like, yo, heads up, man, I, I'm not gonna talk about this record that much. Well, and eventually, eventually, you certainly did say something, and I believe it was to the effect of, uh, I would pay money to never have to hear this song again. Yeah, <laughs> which <laughs> also I think that's, that's yeah, the that was, song that you're talking about is that effect is stronger than most of the records. So I still you, think well, and I like, hadn't even heard that one yet. That was the one I hadn't heard. I'd heard the other ones and thought those are brutal. And then Matt was like, oh, he's talking about this song. And I was like, oh, I haven't heard that one yet. Listen to it. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Harris, also, Harris came over today to fix my bike. Harris, uh, calling in front of the show, maybe, probably not ever listened, actually. But uh, he 
I have a, he's been biking a lot. He's in town staying at his parents' house to get out of New York. And uh, he, I got a bike a couple weeks ago that the back brake is like dragging on. So he was like, For I'm listener, Nathan got a bike. And I'll, and I'll, I'll fix it up. <laughs> have I mentioned that before? <laughs> he's announcing so over, he's announcing over this brand new computer setup. Hey, got a new computer as well. if any, everybody, if this sounds a little bit better, you know why now. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and so he came over here, and I just had that on because I was just listening to it for the pod. Because I was like, oh, let me bump it a couple more times. And he and I walk inside to get a drink um, and grab some seltzers because, you know, we're not letting anybody inside, even if they come over to, like, hang out in the driveway or whatever. But uh, um, And he, I come back out, and he was shazamming it. He was like, what is this? This sounds fucking awesome. So I think that people will be into this. And I yeah, think that it might I, be, that- like, a nooch thing. I agree. That's what I was, that was my cilantro uh, analogy, is that I think whatever this sound is, is something that I'm particularly sensitive to, and is not necessarily a, I don't necessarily want to use the word fair criticism, but like, is something that maybe won't bother most people, but I it wasn't just, I honestly couldn't even, not that, one, I'm not that good at it, but identifying it, but the way it sounded was so like, it wasn't, it wasn't, not doing anything but it's almost just it, it was almost like there was a second song playing at the same time and i was like hey cut that other one off so i can hear this dougie song like there's well, well, another I have song one, playing in the background i have one question for that's you. that's the way it sounded to me yeah did, did you listen to it <laughs> <laughs> see <laughs> Several to times, me it's that's some of those stuffs some of those things aren't that different than what you would see in like like um santos and johnny are like some of those old like joe meek records or something like like it's like the same effect um like it's it's weird that it's kind of weird to me that you dial in on that because there are a lot of different sounds that aren't typically on these records and strangely that one isn't one of them. It that's one that's well, been in records since like the 50s. Well, it wasn't that it's that and the keyboard those mixed that it led me to it creating a single unidentifiable sound for me. I think and you're yeah. Nathan. You're, fo- like, you're focusing too hard on trying to figure out why he doesn't like it when he. I it's can't just, help it. It's just you know, okay. It's, that I told he doesn't you. Like I told you. It. Hey, everybody <laughs> else might like it. And hey, like, what's the Wayne's World <laughs> quote? Uh, the, I mean, Led Zeppelin didn't write tunes that everyone liked. They left that to the Bee Gees. Shout out to the Bee Gees. Who's your favorite Bee Gee, Matt? I guess what's his face, Billy, the dead one. Billy, God, Jesus. There's not one named Billy. Also, several of them are dead. And also, trick question: the real answer Barry. is the rapper BG. Barry is what I meant to say. There's Barry and Maurice and Andy. You talking about Chopper City? Yeah, yeah I'm talking about Chopper City. Shout- Baby gangster. Shout out to BG. So um, yeah, the, the sound, whatever you're talking about, I do think it sounds unique, but it, it certainly didn't didn't turn yeah, me off. I, I like it. I, I'm sure someone somewhere is calling it ethereal, and I thought it was nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> That's okay. To your point of uh, him putting relatively modern lyrics and themes in the songs when it came to an R-I-Y-L kind of thing or like where I could kind of file him. I could certainly see him. It's similar to the way like a, like Sturgill Simpson started doing, like he would talk about like drugs that were in the modern, modern jargon now. And uh, his approach was just, was, was similar it's in a couple of the songs, like uh, that song Buddhist for a couple of days. And yeah, vaping yeah, on the job. Vaping on the job is one of the more over the top <laughs> which, ones. Which, which the first time, <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest, the first time I heard that, I was kind of like, I don't fucking know. This is so He's st- certainly riding the line of like tongue in cheek. And uh, yeah, a couple times through, I, I started like really getting into it. I was like, you know what? This is actually dope. See, to me, I was going to say Parquet Courts is, a, is a, as far as like. Yeah. 
um, an approach and I think he's to of like, that scene, like uh, sure. as an approach to like um, like humor, but like just sort of uh, non sequiturs as as lyrics. Um, that was that was more the vibe I got from it, and just yeah. and then the other stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't say I, the here's, Sturgill. Here's what I'll say: I bet live, I would I would really like this. Um, yeah. Now, granted, that'll never happen because concerts are over. But like, um, <laughs> I, I will eventually like this one if he ever plays live. Well, well if if there are any venues left. If hey, shout out you to just, the um, Hard Rock Cafe and also the uh, what's that place shit that, Myrtle that, Beach? that doesn't host shows? Denny's, Planet Hollywood. Nope. The what's the Myrtle? No, uh, close. It's a, like blues or something. What is it? It's House like a of famous, Blues. Yeah, shout out to the House of Blues in Myrtle Beach. And one, of those, one of those places has shows. One like of those the fourth, fourth show ever, or like one of the first shows I ever went to in my life was at the House of Blues in Myrtle Beach. I'm going to guess, hang on, Government Mule? <laughs> no, it was before. I was with, it, it, you, you'll never get it, but um, I was with Greg Steen and his parents at their timeshare in Myrtle Beach. Well, hang on. Maybe the, Hang on, grade. then let us guess. Let us guess then. Okay, if it's eighth grade. It, it feels like it's one that's that was that era, but it feels like it should have been later in life. Somebody's calling the store after hours, baby. One moment. Take a pause here. Let's take it on the air. <laughs> Pre, uh, foreshadowing for an announcement coming up. I'm going to look this up and try that. to figure Had to mute that. that. Uh, I would say that the concert you saw at the House of Blues was... Um, okay, was it a a someone who had been a member of a famous band and was now like on a solo tour or something? No, it was like prime. Like they had hits on the radio. Hoobas oh. tank. Uh, Dishwalla? No. Uh, I wish I could President of the United States of America? <laughs> Way, I wish it was them. Both of those bands are much better than the bands we saw. Toad with Wet Sprocket? I'll, I'll Cracker. give you... Um, one of them... Live. So, closer, closer. One of them was Fuel. <laughs> Hell yeah! And uh, one of them, I puddle think of mud. The opener, Cold chamber, puddle of mud, buck cherry. Oh hell oh, yeah! Wowza! Of Canadian youth fame. Shout out! <laughs> oh my god, that one. No that one is wild. Oh man, it's brutal. Man, I, I, I was, listened. I, I heard it so was, many, it was uh, so many shows. pizzas were delivered while Buck Cherry was playing at Big Apple Pizza in Greenville, North Carolina. Shout out. To, <laughs> Shout out to all those dudes. Shout out to Charlie. Shout out to Big D. Shout out to everybody from Big Apple. But uh, yeah, that was that was one of the Jeremo. first shows I ever went to. I think Greg's mom might have gone. No, she she might have dropped. This. I can't remember. That's Sick. Just the cool guys getting dropped off at the Buck Cherry show at House of Blues <laughs> in eighth grade. Damn. I remember being like, "Well, we like fuel. It's probably good living. Be fun." <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What what was your thoughts of Buck Cherry? Dude, we thought everybody's cool. I remember there was like a local opener that I'm sure was like god awful. And I remember Greg being like, I think I can play drums better than this guy, but they're really good. <laughs> and like looking back, I was like, I bet Greg couldn't play drums better than him in eighth grade. Like th- th- they were probably yeah. fucking horrible. Um, were you a fan of like Guns N' Roses? Like was Buck Cherry like, oh, okay, this is like this. No, is dope. I was it like shit. not not they no, weren't heavy it, enough for you. It, it was like, well, you know, I thought it was cool because we were at the beach I didn't know Myrtle Beach It was sucked. cool. Let, let's I, be real. Were, it was yeah. cool to go see Fuel and Buckcherry in eighth grade in we Myrtle Beach. Fuel, I, I, no, I didn't like Guns N' Roses ever because I knew that Kurt Cobain didn't, and that's like pretty much all you that was all I, all I needed. <laughs> so. that's, that's the best cosign ever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not so a cosign, but... I can never fuck with him, but um, 
but he didn't say anything about buck, buck cherry or fuel, so I thought probably okay. <laughs> Kirk Cobain never weighed in on uh, fuel. <laughs> Way better bands. Hey, hang on, let me do some research. Uh, yeah, Kurt seems mum on the subject. Let's go see fuel and buck cherry. <laughs> Totally neutral on these bands. Let's check them out. So I got Nirvana, Daniel Johnson, Pixies, Fuel, Buckcherry, Vaseline's, uh, let's Melvin's. See. I've got five bands I'm allowed to listen to. Uh, you know, I Greg, good news. Coming up clean on Buckcherry and Fuel. Let's head on down. How much are your tickets? Forty eight dollars. Okay, one moment. Let me crack this piggy bank open. But yeah, we'll share yeah, a pretzel. It'll be fun. Maybe we'll all get to go see um, Dougie Pool at Doug- the Myrtle Beach House of Blues. Whoa. And that would be for the listener psychedelic. It, it's Dougie, like the uh, sort of uh, kind of childish nickname of Doug. Doug. It's not Doug E, like Doug E Fresh. Yeah, right. That's true. Douglas E Fresh. And the song we're gonna play, or the song I thought we could play, doesn't necessarily feature the thing Enoch is talking about too heavily. I wanted to play Buddhist for a couple of days. Yeah, I think that's a good one. And if you like this, then dig deeper, and then you can decide for yourself on the um, pedal steel. That Enoch loathes. I don't know why this is such a thing. I, I, I you made I, it I kept a thing it to myself. It happens. I kept it to it myself happens. for weeks. I was like, "Hey, I'm not going to say anything about this record." Then you were like, "Let's talk about." it. I was like, "Eh, buddy." And then I like, <laughs> I think I even held off still until I was like, "Yo, just to be real, I found like the two songs I heard like unlistenable um, due to this one thing." Am I crazy? And you know, both like, "Yeah, you're crazy." And I was like, "Well, okay, fine." Well, so, there you have it. Here we go. Let's hear uh, "Buddhist for a Couple Days" by Dougie Poole. I was a Buddhist for a couple days. Got dinner on a butter pudding stay. Went to a church and prayed for mercy divine to save my sorry behind. They just turned my head and cheeks away. Since you've been gone, kinda lost my way.
If one of us is oh shit, <laughs> what, was, what was that, Enoch? That was a uh, Dougie Pool Buddhist for a couple of days. And what were you about to ask, Enoch? Well, I don't want to ask it on the pod. I was like, what do we do? Like, we're all joking around, like, hey, results after the break about our COVID test. And it's like, what happens when I'm positive? If, if, if that positive? happens, well, here yeah, we are after the break, baby. So <laughs> I got a test, uh, I'm waiting on the results. Enoch is waiting on results. Nathan got his results. Negative, mega negative. They said I was as negative oh, as Cam. Oh hell was. yeah! Nathan, they did not say that. <laughs> Actually, Nathan got a letter that said it said negatory. Good buddy, and he was like, "My dudes." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I got a negative. Um, it does give you all these things where it's like that doesn't mean that you're negative right now. I mean, it's like so many disqualify. I mean, like sure, like qualifications. You could catch it the minute you leave the testing place. Yep. Like, yeah. I could also really? say that you got a letter that just said negative, and that's probably still not the worst grade you've ever gotten on a test. Hey, that's passing <laughs> in my book. <laughs> um, grade not yeah, a curve, when, when negative, when you, literally less than a point is passing. When did you get yours? I didn't realize you had gotten I the t- test. I took it on Sunday. Did you get the 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 crazy so, one or the, the simple one? I, the I had to do the self the self serve. So the only the trouble is the free ones they're doing are one to six, um, during the yep. week, and I work twelve to seven during the week. Uh, so I have not been, and I know that sometimes there's a wait, so I can't just like have somebody cover for me and then run and yeah, go do it. Yeah, no, it was, it was kind um, of so I elected to do the CVS one because I can schedule that, and it's pretty on the schedule. So I mm-hmm. took, but that one is longer to get get your results back. Uh, so I took it on Sunday, still waiting on the results. Hopefully tomorrow. But um, there's really how did no you telling. did you what'd you tell him was wrong with you? How did you get him to do it? Don't you have to like lie about that one? Yeah, I did. I felt bad. I know it seems stupid, but I had I clicked cough. I click I checked the box for cough, and then magically I was allowed to get a, a test for a, a a virus that swept the entire planet. If I did not click that box, I was not allowed to get a test. Which seems insane. <laughs> a it highly was, asymptomatic was... virus, also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, hey, yeah, there's this virus. We can't tell if anybody has it. Ooh, you don't have a cough, though, do you? 
It's like, God damn. Y'all. I mean, jokes aside, that's what I mean. Ashley was told at first she couldn't get to, well, not at first, ever. She yeah. just assumed that she had it based on how shitty she felt. Yep. And she also, the lack anything. of taste or smell or whatever. Yeah. That was the give. That was the giveaway for me that she for sure have it. We knew she had it when she started liking Buckcherry. I don't know what's going on. I, I'm suddenly listening to Buckcherry and Fuel and Culture. I was about to I use the same segue <laughs> joke, but you beat me to it. <laughs> well, uh, we touched on it a minute ago, and we might as well uh, go into it a little bit. Uh, Bob Dylan has a new record out. Bobby Dylan. Uh, ever heard of him? And we decided we were going to take it for a spin. We might revisit it later. Well, yeah, we've all kind of listened to it, but I don't think any of us have really gone in depth. But well, it, I listened just, to it as much as I could handle it. I wasn't feeling it at all. If you didn't catch oh, my really? vibe earlier, I, I didn't realize that. I did not. <laughs> I could tell he did not like it for sure. Nathan's not a detective like I am, but um, and by the way, detective not in like the cop sense, in the like private great cover sense. though. Uh, I don't want to be a part of the system like that, but um. The thing for me is, are you being sarcastic? I just saw the cover. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Truly so, ranking. We are going to be ranking the top 15 covers of all time at some point. I really want to do that. All right. That's, that's wild. That's a tough one. I'm, I'm, I want to, to see your list. I don't know that I'm, I want to compile my own. No, we're, we're like each going to critique gonna, lists as much. I don't like so much. So much we're going to do it. Uh, we're going to do it draft style where we each get one pick and whatever we end up with at the fine, at the end of the episode, that's our definitive list. There's just so mm. many. Every album ever. Can I can um, I pick one now? I want to make sure nobody else gets uh, Zenyatta Mondata. <laughs> I want to I want to call that one myself. <laughs> anyway, shout out to the police. Shout off to the police in every sense of the word. Um, <laughs> shout on the on the on the real on the real talk. Uh, the Bob, so my other thing about the Bob Dylan album, his 39th studio very, album, that I find very fascinating. Damn, I would have thought more to be honest with you. Less than Neil. Crazy. Right? Um, well, he hasn't done one since 2012. Anyway, uh, the thing that I find fascinating is that there's all these incredibly positive reviews, including an 8.8 from anydecentmusic.com, which I thought was a hilarious name for a website. <laughs> Didn't know that existed. Uh, but I was looking at the reviews because I haven't that, had time to actually question mark must the be album. implied. You can't put that in them. It's uh, That's the name of the blog, I guess. Maybe the website is anydecentmusic.com, and there's a question mark. In the top, but the, the question mark is in the name of the, the publication. Anyhow, what how words? did any of these people have time to listen to this shit to even review it? Like, it's so, every song is long. There's a thousand <laughs> words per song. How do, how has anyone possibly... Is this is this on vinyl yet? The vinyl, actually, this can be exclusive. So the, uh, the when they when they announced the album coming out, there was only an import vinyl. Columbia has, for whatever reason, withheld until announcing it on Friday. Then on July twenty fourth, the vinyl will come out. Mm. Um, we're not allowed to put it up for pre order. We're not allowed to tell people that we're going to get it. For whatever reason, they they want to make a big announcement. That the album is coming out on vinyl July twenty fourth. We'll have it then. But this well, this announcement's on Friday, so now it's fine to say it. But. Uh, for whatever reason, I got like five emails and like a phone call about like, don't tell anyone about the Bob Dylan album coming out on vinyl. I was like, what the fuck? That's an exclusive. You can order it like from Amazon. It's like, anyway. Um, but it was, that was an import. It was really bizarre because they only had an import version available. And we're like, you're telling me they're not pressing up the Bob Dylan record for on vinyl in the United States? Uh, that's boring. What I'm saying is, since I haven't had a chance to absorb the whole album, I've been caught up more in the reaction to the album because that's easily accessible comparatively 
And you got any good uh, YouTube comments for the the full thing? <laughs> well, I am wondering if this if this album got the QAnon bump. You know <laughs> got what I mean? Got like, to baby. It, it could. I couldn't hurt. Somebody's definitely buying these things, looking for clues. You know what I mean? Like just trying to dig through, <laughs> trying, to, uh, trying to dig through these lyrics, man. And find some. Woo! That one got so, me. So <laughs> I feel like I feel like there's. Uh, I don't know. I'm fascinated by the idea that uh, every reviewer in America got a chance to probably listen to the promo CD once, and they all managed to give it a between 8.5 and 9.9. <laughs> Everyone did simultaneously. So, I think I find I, that perplexing. I am into this record in a weird way. I think it's such a weird record. I think it's like so odd and in like a very cool Dylan way. That's like unusual for somebody of his age. Like it's kind of, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a strangely, there's just something that's kind of good. I mean, I just like it. It's, it's not something that's, I would have expected from him at this age. You kind of expect him to make like, Sort of just a boring ass, regular ass record, and this is sort of a weird fucking album. Well, he's been doing his weird ass standards records, which are boring shit. Previously, suck, though. Yeah, that's. I guess that's uh, what I'm yeah. saying. It's like I was kind of expecting something along those lines. I want to offer an apology to Eric Hill right now because I know he loves him. But um, <laughs> here's what I'll say: is that I, I, I don't, I haven't gotten a chance to, to like dive into it. I told y'all at the time I didn't like the JFK song. Um, I thought it was too long and it was corny and lyrically yep. was corny. Uh, and it's like forever. It's the longest song. Now, luckily, thank God, tracklist wise, it is the closer. So if you don't want to listen to that one, you don't have to like, it's like, it finishes out the record, but it also works on the album within the flow of the record. So I haven't even gotten to the end of it there, but I like, I like the way on several songs, the way his voice sounds and that it doesn't sound to be like straining in any way, one direction. Yeah. He like has sort of found a pretty nice spot for it. I will say the one song that I most recently was listening to, it sounded to me like he was sitting there reading his lyrics, singing it. Um, yeah, like it, Like the cadence of it, it sounded like he was reading the lines as he was going. It was a really weird vibe to the song. Well, the, the songs have this mix of like very spontaneous and very thought out at the same time. Like I, I don't know what's going on. Like I, like you might be right. Like I wouldn't be shocked if like there was one of them that he worked on a ton. I wouldn't be shocked if there was one of them that he just kind of did in the moment. Like it kind of yeah, has I mean, both of those vibes. We talked about the the Murder Most Foul one that they dated that one they think was a few years old already because of a reference he had made in the lyrics that they thought it was from like 2015 or something. So I definitely think there's something to that. The songs are weird. I agree with what you mean the weird vibe and that some of them are, like, actually so incredibly simple, but there's just a lot of simple things happening at once, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a couple of them that have, like, a very simple, like, two-chord riff or whatever that's, like, the base of the song, and then he's just on top of it. But everybody in the band is obviously so dope that... It- well, yeah, the band is... I was looking at the credits. It's uh, Charlie Sexton, who also played on the Terry Allen record earlier this year that we all love, and it's got Blake Mills from Perfume Genius, and it's yeah. also got Ben Mont from the record we're going to talk about in a second, Benmont Tench, and it's also got Oh, sorry, Fiona I thought you a different Benmont. <laughs> <laughs> it's also got Fiona Apple. So it's got, it's got like a bunch of... And then it's, it's also got a, his core band on it, too, that's like been there forever. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So so they're like the musicians, and then there's, he has an additional musician section which has like all these other people on it. But but um, it's, it's just really interesting. I kind of appreciate it. I know that we were talking about... Talk, 
mentioning that Spike Lee movie that we we're not going to get into, but I kind of got the same vibe from that movie as I did about this record, where it's just two dudes who have been doing it for a very long time and maybe make some choices that seem a little weird and maybe outlandish within both of their forms, but because it's now in with their overall catalog, I kind of enjoy it more, I guess. I don't know how I'd feel about this record had I found it, and this was the first Dylan record I'd ever found. But having the knowledge of his whole catalog, I actually really enjoy it. And I kind of felt the same way about The Five Bloods, where I was like watching that movie, and Spike Lee made some like choices there that I thought were kind of, at times, questionable. But then within the movie, you're like, kind of like you're just in it with them like it kind of works and I felt the same way about both of these and I think that that's something that comes along with the confidence of being an artist as well respected and critically acclaimed as both of them have been for such a long time I like the idea of just this like yeah it's a weird record there's really no kind of not purpose to it but like it's like an hour 15 minutes maybe hour and 10 minutes fucking forever dude like that's crazy and then also, like I said, I was so fascinated by the idea that this record comes out, gets a best, gets 9.0 on Pitchfork, Matt's favorite website, and then the <laughs> and then Homegrown gets an 8.8. 8. I was like, what? What's going on? This is so bizarre. Like, <laughs> Homegrown. What, so, and, oh, we we didn't mention it, but Homegrown, I will say, fucking, um, vacancy is like an all time jammer. That shit sounds so goddamn good. There's some jams. I think that the title track, uh. Not lyrically, but in every other way, rocks. Lyrically, it seems kind of, kind of silly, but um, homegrown. <laughs> but but the ri- the but the riff is well, super fun. I, well, no, I, that's been an all time fave of mine. Cause that's on American Stars and Bars, a different version of that song. Home it's it's specifically feels a little goofier here. This one I don't like as much as what it was. One the way he sings say. it, it it sounds like he's improvising it. I guess at the time. But the the, the version that. I had come to love off of uh, Stars and Bars is like, I like that song a lot. Um, but you were saying, Nathan, you were kind of, you had taken it in more as like the full record and it all flowed in a way that you thought was cool and weird. But I, I guess I was more honing in on it. This is the Bob Dylan album. Uh, more honing in on it. I would just kind of focus here and there and hear a thing and be like, this sounds. There was one song that sounded like a Tom Waits song. His voice. And uh, he's got a Tom Waits vibe. I mean, I think that once you get that gravelly and talky, then it just happens. But, but I know it, what you mean. it was just like the the. It sounded like a stand up bass playing kind of just a boring, standard kind of thing, and him just singing it. Like I don't, I don't know. Something about it just was not gra- like grabbing me. I was like, I don't see what the big deal is about this this Bob Dylan record. Do we think he physically can whisper? <laughs> Can he like, whisper? It, uh, is that the question? That's the question. I feel like his voice has gotten to that point where when, if he were to try to, it would just be silent. Like, he would just be like, you know, like when you have like a really like sore throat and you can't actually speak quietly anymore. Like, you can only like, I bet yell he still or tries to. I bet he thinks he's whispering at times while he's screaming things. At <laughs> and it's just like, hit, either that or just like sounds like, like he's like hissing everywhere. <laughs> like, something's wrong with Bob. Bob's um, broken. Do we care to yeah. play a tune off of this or do we want to move on? Let's, let's play Murder Most Foul. Yeah, play the. All right, see you in 17 minutes, everybody. For the listener, there's a 15 second skip ahead. You can just keep tapping that until we get past this. Let's let's play the opening track. Let's play I Contain Multitudes. And you can find this what date, Enoch? On vinyl, July 24th at Nice Price Books. If you hear this, Nice Price Books and Records, baby. Hit the theme. Ready on Hillsbury Street. Sorry. How many records do you think are going to fit, beat, this is going to be? How many albums? 
It's a two LP. I already know. What really? How the fuck? But I, side I D like the, the well the <laughs> I mean, the 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 last track is side D, and then the rest of it is sides A, B, and C. Mm, one of those. You know, like how sometimes they'll throw like records like this on forty five and make it like an abnormally long thing. I was like I'm, worried that it was going to be one of those situations. I'm sadly aware of those. Shout off to shout out to the album Teen Dream by Beach House. Shout off to the vinyl production where it's a 45 LP with basically one track per side. <laughs> <laughs> it's like cool. I'll just put the, I'll I'll get up in six minutes here. Let's play this one. Um, but yeah. Uh, speaking it. of speaking, of, all right. Let's let's play that song. I, th- I, I, th- I threw to a theme one. song cue, but then I forgot we we're speaking actually of, playing of, a song from the record. Let's let's play. I contain multitudes. Hit it. Today and tomorrow And yesterday too The flowers are dying Like all things do Follow me close I'm going to Bali and Ali I'll lose my mind If you don't come with me I fuss with my hair And I fight blood feuds I contain multitudes Got a telltale heart Like Mr. Poe Got skeletons in the walls of people you know I'll drink to the truth And the things we said I'll drink to the man that shares your bed I paint landscapes And I paint nudes I contain multitudes A red Cadillac And a black mustache Rings on my fingers That sparkle and flash Tell me what's next What shall we do Half my soul, baby, belongs to you I don't well, I can't frolic With all the young dudes I contain a multitudes I'm just like Aunt Frank Like Indiana Jones And them British bad boys, the Rolling Stones I go right to the edge I go right to the end I go right where all things lost are made good again I sing the songs of experience Like William Blake I've no apologies to make Everything's flowing All at the same time I live on a boulevard of crime I drive fast cars And I eat fast foods I contain multitudes Pink pedal pushers Red blue jeans All the pretty maids and all the old queens All the old queens 
from all my past lives I carry four pistols and two large knives I'm a man of contradictions I'm a man of many moods I contain multitudes You greedy old wolf I'll show you my heart But not all of it All of the hateful parts I'll sell you down the river I put a price on your head What more can I tell you I sleep with life and death in the same bed Get lost, madam Get up off my knee Keep your mouth away from me I'll keep the path open The path in my mind I see to it that there's no love left behind I play Beethoven sonatas Chopin's preludes I contain multitudes Hey, there's um, a song we hope you might have loved by Bob Dylan. We hope you uh, might have loved. I contain multitudes, he says, says Mr. Dylan. Um, I think we t- I took that time. I don't know about what you, what uh, Matt Phone and, and Nathan Trice were doing. I took that time to rewatch Ryan Blaney's uh, thrilling Come From Behind <laughs> last lap uh, victory at Talladega. I was wondering if we're going to go get through one episode without NASCAR coming up. Your boy up. won. How, how many... Yeah. Uh, Thrilling. I had to edit. I had to edit out so much sports stuff from the last one. <laughs> thrilling victory, I will say. It was thrilling. I was thrilled. He was thrilled. Everybody was thrilled. I bet I'd watch it and not understand what was happening. If you watched the last ten seconds of it, I bet you would be like, "Oh, that was tight." Yeah, yeah. Those should, I watch it, should I pull it up and watch ten seconds of it right now? Literally, Eric the last roll finishes third. I think spinning backwards. <laughs> It's it's one of those like the moments you wait for watching an entire NASCAR race and bored out of your mind. You're like, I wish something exciting would happen. It actually happens in the last few seconds, which is like even more. And Nathan, I'm gonna go ahead and get a a little edit. So when Matt says that bored out of your mind part, just edit that so it's just empty. <laughs> Nathan's already that. Nathan's already on record talking saying how bored boring he thinks NASCAR is. Yeah, but he's also on record being a fool. So it's like easy to dismiss. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I don't, I don't like it when I don't like it Straight when, up when fool. I like to be. I feel like it's a pile on when there's both. Mamma mia, that's a spicy meatball. <laughs> I did see that. I did see that baseball sounds like they're coming back, but also I'm worried that basketball is going to get aced for real because I'm more of an NBA NC Dinos guy. Getting keep testing positive for COVID. Like it seems like every day I see somebody else that's tested positive. Yeah, well, now partially that might be because they're getting tested, and the the ball players aren't being the baseball players haven't been tested as yeah, much maybe. or in mass yet. So maybe it'll be the same thing. But I mean, it's certainly you see I mean, Clemson. Be, uh, I did not. Clemson's football what? team had like twenty five people test positive or something like that. Well, that I mean, those are college kids that we all know are idiots and have been behaving like idiots. They're also college kids located in the state of South Carolina, which I mean. 23 Just players push them right out, the, the lowest, lowest of the... <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. Make it final 49, we always say. <laughs> what do you think uh, Tom Petty's favorite baseball team was? Maybe you know the answer to that. Hmm. The Marlins. That's interesting. Or the Devil See, Rays. <laughs> how old, it, it how, how no long are they way. There's no way. No, uh, no, not when he was a kid. When he was a kid, there was probably, you know, there was so few teams. He moved to L.A., when Florida had no teams, so he probably, if anything, is a Dodgers fan. 
but also is a contrarian. So I would say he's an Oakland Athletics fan is my huh. guess. Or maybe Giants? Maybe Giants. <clears throat> but I would say Athletics more just because they're more of a, could more be of a vibe. In, could be an NC Dinos guy. <laughs> One can hope. <laughs> Shout out to Mike Wright, ECU uh, alumni, pitching out there for the Dinos. We uh, we brought homework back last week. Nathan threw a homework uh, last minute homework. Right, right in you the last you ten seconds. Hey, you got that timer going? A timer's going, and I'm going to cut in a theme. Who does homework? Work for? That's right, buddy. You show that homework. Who's boss? You like Nice. Uh, what was the homework, Nathan? Remind everyone. We, 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 I was gonna. We we somehow started talking about a Tom Petty album. Oh, I know. Paul was talking about Tom Petty albums. He had never really yep. paid attention. Yeah, to. Yeah, Paul Willerst uh, was in there, and he quick, was quick talking about sidebar. how he had gotten that. <laughs> quick sidebar. I saw a Vice article floating around today about um, about Richmond police and how whack they are, and uh, by under the headline by Paul Willerst. I was like, well, son of a gun. I'll be darned. I did. I, I didn't. That I thought that story was going two ways. Either a byline Paul Willerst, or b that the photo that was in there was like you were in the background or something doing a doing doing a baba booey. <laughs> no, no, but like it was maybe a crowd shot and like oh hey there I am like something like that. I didn't. I'm just holding up a sign to the camera that says baba booey. <laughs> Flips it oh, around. Howard Stern's penis. <laughs> 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 the last words are Howard Stern's penis, and then someone yell, and then that guy saying "tragic." <laughs> it's like the last <laughs> thing you hear. But yeah, Paul, Paul was Paul was talking about Tom Petty, and he, when he was talking about albums you haven't heard of, I always think about this record as one that I strangely have never listened to. And I think about it a lot too, meaning I see it a lot in used bins because no one well, seems to want it. Exactly, and every time I see it, I'm like, oh, I should listen to that, but I, I never have. Until this week. And I hate to be a Debbie Downer here, uh, but I'm not a fan of this one either. <laughs> it's not the best one. <laughs> it's Deborah, we, bad news. Deborah, so we, yeah. <laughs> we all listen to we listen to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Let me up, I've had enough. Whew, this was a, make this a, was a slog I, for me. So Matt, you were saying let uh, let me up, I've had enough of this album by you, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, <clears throat> The one thing, just as unrelated to the album, but off the rip that drives me crazy, is that Spotify has yet to consolidate the Tom mm, Petty discography yeah. <laughs> with the Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers discography. Like, come on, y'all. You like, could have just reached for one of several copies of this well, in your store that I'm sure I mean, is laying around. Now, here's what's funny, Matt. Someone sold us on Twitter the other day. They're two different bands. And there was a copy in the... Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> that, yeah, people are like, whoa, hang on. Is that Stan Lynch? I don't want that. No, they're fucking listening to Tom Petty, dude. They want all the Tom Petty they can get. <laughs> anyway, somebody sold us some records the other day, and this record was in there, and I was like, what are the odds? And then it was empty, so it's just the cover. Mm, huh. Nice. And I was like, damn it, I was going to listen to this. Throw it up so on the wall. I use Spotify. <laughs> I did keep it for my uh, my art section, my fart section. Um, I didn't, I, I felt mixed about this. There were some songs I liked. Obviously, some songs I didn't like, <laughs> um, and I, but there were some things that were cool about it. I know it's weird to listen to it and hear like, "Oh yeah, yeah." So this is why this one's not popular. <laughs> like to like, yeah, have it like, but like with that again, I feel like all I've been talking about is like music criticism this episode. But I read some contemporary reviews and then some current reviews. It was better received upon release 
than it is now. I can see I bet, that. I mean, honestly, like, well, also, I think that probably has to do with the fact that it sounds so dated now, where it might not have at, t- at the time. Does not hold up. There's, yeah, there's produ- an intro. Production choices are some. First one, first, first off, it was the first one that Jimmy Iovine had no hand in for like, in like a decade. Nathan's um, personal hero. <laughs> well, he he made a lot of good Tom Petty records. Dude, you bring um, him. Up. It's fine. You should like him. But you, you he's your um, he's like he's your he's got the Midas touch for you. He, you're like, dude. I mean, Iovine's involved. Like, it's obviously it's like I, I can't think of another <laughs> time I've mentioned it. <laughs> I feel like it's been it's happened. Uh, who is your who's your boy with the uh, soundboard? That you almost bought? Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um, He's on the Perfume um, Genius? Ke- you talking about Keltner? Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Jim Keltner. I was going to say, that's your uh, King Midas. King Keltner. Yeah, that's right. I, I looked at that. <laughs> please believe I looked at both the Neil Young and the Bob Dylan records just to see if Keltner touched them. I was like, <laughs> that, I, I, I bet, that would I have bet a, these I, things. I swear to you. I think, I'm, I, think that, I smell Keltner. That would have affected your <laughs> review of it, at least by like one point. Yeah, you're not. If, lying, if you would have had that honestly, mental note, like a, that wasn't there. I, I don't know why, but it, you're right. Um, but there's a couple songs on here that are so 80s sounding. Runaway Trains, the second song, it has a synth intro that I swear to God, I, I googled it to see if it was like, like a later era, like posthumous uh, Tupac out in the Outlaws beat or something like that because it is so fucking shitty in 80s and like it's got like a 30 second synth intro that was it's just it sounds so bad well and then there's the it other song so poorly there's the other song about third or fourth track it has a slash in the title it's like two yep. two titles and it has like kind of like a, a foot it stompy intro. harmonica uh kind of country thing to it but it, and then it goes into a song that just sounds well, maybe, completely different maybe like that. five of them fade in and i think it's because they aren't confident in the songs. Like, I feel like they're just like not into the intros. I, I don't know any other Tom Petty records that have five fade-ins or four fade-ins on the songs. It's so weird. And there's the one where they're clapping and singing and it actually sounds kind of cool and you hear them kind of goof off with one another. Yeah. And you're like, oh, a song's about to bust in from what we were just hearing. It'll go along with it, but then it's just a completely different sounding song again. It's just a very odd piece together. There's some cool pile stuff. of shit, I mean, if you ask me. All of this said, it still sounds cool. <laughs> It still sounds cool because it's Tom Petty singing on him. I, I don't. I think it's not that bad. Overall. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Tom Petty is singing on him, so even the parts that I think are like, oh, this isn't too bad. Like I'm being too harsh on this. I think it. I'm only giving it the benefit of the doubt because I'm, yep. I'm comfortable with that voice. And if it was like, if you presented it to me and said, hey, this is like a, I don't know who, like a, a Juggy jo- Pool song or a, jo- or a John Mellencamp song from 1989, I would be yes. like, yeah, this is trash. Like I don't want to listen to this. Cover, I mean, the the first song, Jammin' Me, co-written by Bob Dylan. Hmm. They had just come off the Bob Dylan tour opening for him to come into this record, and Bob Dylan helped co-write that, and it was a hit. It was number one for like a month. Yeah, that's what's crazy is that no, th- that was a hit, and they still, as Nathan pointed out last time, there's. I thought Jammin' Me was on the greatest hits. I was like, was that one not, not on there? That's the only album that doesn't have a song on the greatest hits. And they, so it's weird how, like... He's so f- known for his like choices and like his like he doesn't back down. For example, like how he like sticks <laughs> to his guns and how that often and or it almost always works out for him. And it's crazy that he made this entire record and then seemingly was like, yeah, no, that one didn't do it. Like he, yep. he like pretty quickly thereafter was like, yeah, none of this is gonna well, be like you know. Jamie, now, I do wonder. First... Did sorry, do you know if any no, of this stuff made it into like the lasting set list? 
Like, did he play any of these songs live for an extended period of time or anything? I have no clue. I'm not sure. Um, I can't imagine that many of them did, if any. Because there, there's, there, it's possible there's some like petty heads out there that are like, yes, the album is bad, but the live version of Runaway Train is like a is a live staple because Ru- it, cru- you know what I mean? Like there uh, could be some. Yeah, like I was gonna say Runaway Train specifically has a pretty good. The title track Runaway Train. There's a couple of songs that have like good hooks and seem like they could have been. They had a shot at being a good song. Yeah, to your point, Enoch, I could see them maybe being either stripped down or or live yeah. rocking a little more. Also, There's to bring like this something full circle, there, but Ain't Love Strange, I, I think, was one was I thought was like okay. When I played this in the store today for uh, for to you know do my homework, uh, the one customer in the store who was the um, that maniacal uh, brickyard street preacher at NC State, you know that guy? Yeah, no. uh, Elliot has a. My, There's been a couple of them over the years. Or Elliot has a funny story about encountering him at the uh, at the one of the current um, <laughs> uh, Brickyard Street Preacher psychopaths. Anyway, he was in the store for a moment, um, and he said, "He's like, oh, what what Bob Dylan is this? Like, just straight up thought that this was this album was it?" And I was like. I'm living in a weird ass world, man, because I know I'm about to listen to this new Bob Dylan record next, and I know this is a really old Tom Petty record, and I know well, that you are fucking crazy as shit. Yeah, <laughs> well, he's less crazy than you think because they had just come <laughs> off a very long tour with him, and he co-wrote a song on it. <laughs> well, right. Yeah, I'm saying I know for a fact that in his regular, his daily life, he is a lunatic, and then here he is, like, yeah, that's actually a pretty solid point, man. Like, this is Petty, but like, you're right, this is his most Dylan influenced Petty era. Um. And jamming me, the opening track, when I threw it on, I was like, oh, this is going to be a long one. I was listening on my phone um, with my headphones on, and when it, it accidentally looped back around to jamming me, and I was like, oh, this one's actually not so bad. Oh, and I realized, starting that's to when grow I realized on you. that, like, the rest of the record had, like, knocked my expectations down so far that jamming me actually sounded pretty good at that point. <laughs> It wasn't a test. It wasn't a testament to the song jamming me. It was a testament no. how bad the rest of it was. Yeah. Yeah. Also, there's one line in there that's like he he goes through all the stuff with like Eddie Murphy and Joe Piscopo and all that. God, shit. what a pile of shit that song is. Oh, he's and he's got one. He goes, "The apple in my young Steve's eye." Is that a <laughs> Steve Young line or a Steve Jobs line? Uh, at this era, it would be it's not Steve Young. This is '87, right? It, I, I assumed Apple like yeah. I mean, Apple Steve Young was, was a- famous. He'd already been drafted by the Buccaneers and been famous at BYU, but he has not become the starter for the 49ers or won a Super Bowl or anything yet. So I'd be shocked if it was Steve Young. Apple would be a coincidence in lyric choice. I, 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 I was thinking that it was Steve Young while I was just listening to it, and then when I was looking back at the lyrics to see what the fuck he was talking about, I realized that it was probably Steve Jobs. Anyway, stupid. Um, it was a stupid song. <laughs> That's probably a Dylan line, too. <laughs> um, so... I guess we all failed the homework. No, Tom failed the homework. We we did it. We passed homework. Yeah. He failed it. Yeah. I mean, and like you said, another version might might have been a better one. One thing I was thinking about while I was listening to this, last thing I'll say about this record is I've always like in the in the biography, Tom Petty biography and like all like the retelling, all the interviews, everything else, they always kind of talk about um, Full Moon Fever, like this crazy album, like so. And in my head, it's kind of like in the line of pe- like, it doesn't stand out even that much on the greatest hit songs, or like it kind of fits. If you think about the fact that this album was released the same year that he started working on that, it is a drastic shift from this to that. Because Full Moon and Fever is tight. About, 
Full Moon Fever fucking rules. rips. Under, it underrated. sounds underrated. so good, and it's great. And if you think about the fact that everybody in the band, other than Mike Campbell, like refused to play on it, essentially, even though they thought this was fucking amazing, <laughs> like it's just <laughs> mind blowing. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm realizing that between the, th- the the records and the people we're talking about, I think three fifths of the Traveling Wilburys have been discussed on this episode. Huh. Well, there you have it. We didn't get George and Roy didn't make the cut, but I almost mentioned George. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I was gonna say when when I was listening about to the fade ins. Oh, you had a I list of thinking... people you were happy were dead, right? Yeah. Oh <laughs> definitely, definitely not true. I want to cut that one out. Who's your, that was a joke. Oh, Matt, no, keep, Matt wrote that and held it up to the camera, and I just read it. I didn't know. Uh, this you can keep it. Who's your favorite Beatle, uh, Enoch? I'll give you a hint. Rhymes with Dingo. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm Team Macca, dude. All the you know, That's I got right. a I got a rude message from from Devin Tuttle today about Paul McCartney. Was it in Was it in regards to the uh, the sticker you placed on Paul McCartney too in the store? It was indeed. Yeah. Um, he was in the store the other day hating on Paul McCartney, and I was like, have you heard some of the jams on McCartney, on McCartney 2? They're kind of solid. I played them. He said he didn't like any of them, but he's just, he's just being a stick in the mud. But uh, today on Instagram, I posted that photo of it, and I put a sticker that said, yes, this is the one with temporary secretary, as if one even one single person would give a shit. But I thought it was <laughs> funny. And when I posted it, he sent me a thing that said, uh, like, objectively the worst Beatle. I'm like, look, if you want to say you like George and John better, that's fine, whatever. But like, there's no way that that Dingo. It's certainly is not a. It's certainly McCartney. not objective. Uh, people. It's love like Paul, Paul McCartney's sure. uncool, and I'm like, okay, the Skechers spokesman is cool, but Paul McCartney is whatever. <laughs> to the listener, yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, wild. Uh, super super recommendation from the pod. If you've never heard of Paul McCartney, too, great record. Weird fun yeah, we, record. I wish we knew what episode that was. We could say go back to episode 24 or whatever. Oh, all right. Well, yeah, you can find it on the Spotify playlist called Nice Price Podcast Anthology. Also, in retrospect, some of those Wings records have a lot of good shit on them. Like, these For sure. Like, jams all through the 70s and 80s. Yeah, if I didn't know any better, I would say he was um, uh, Paul McCartney who had written a bunch of, like, he's fucking Paul McCartney. <laughs> I still, like, I have a theory I get what that you're saying. In, I know because a lot of those get wiped away yeah, and people like, for sure. everything after the Beatles is uncool and I know what you're saying. I understand that yeah. vibe but it's also like, look man, there's no way that dude couldn't come up with a couple of jams per record. <laughs> like, he's no, gonna have a couple. I 100% agree and I, I really think that, I, I've been, I've developed a theory in the last couple of years that in a thousand years or however long that his songs are going to be the ones that are like the most famous of all the Beatles songs because those melodies are just so strong where like some of the teenage angsty John Lennon shit is like not going to age as well. well also, no he's probably going to get canceled one of these days. <laughs> There's that. I mean, if he if he hasn't already, he right. might be fine. Yeah, it's too late now. I think he was uh, <laughs> in 1981, I think it was. <laughs> 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 I cut that one out. Enoch's um, on. Enoch's no, on on this episode. That one was good. <laughs> With that, let's let's hear a word from uh let's 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 go to a word from one of our sponsors, the main sponsor. Hillsboro Street Comics, books, CDs, and movies 
There you have it. That's uh, Nice Price Books and Records, 3106 Hillsborough Street. Raleigh, North Carolina. 27607? 607. Oh, he's still got it. RIP, RIP, Allie B. Oh, man, we got to get Allie B back on this thing. Too bad she's dead, RIP, Allie B. But if how she gonna, wasn't. How are we going to close this baby out? Um, We got a couple, we got like maybe a couple minutes before the timer goes off, I will say. Oh, we got some time. Yeah, I was over the timer. Um, keep it under an hour, but uh, one thing I was going to mention is is the call-in show coming up. Big announcement! You heard about it a month or so ago. Everything was getting a little little hairy out there. Didn't, didn't seem didn't like the feel, best time. Yeah. So we're going to give it another whirl. Enoch has left us on screen. <laughs> is that sorry? Audio as well. Okay, just making sure you're still here. We are going to have a call-in show. We're going to give you a Zoom login and give you a time and a date, and you can call in and Probably, be on the pod. July 5th? July 5th. You heard it here first. It'll be a Sunday evening, probably around 5 or so, 4, 5, 6. Who knows? Stay tuned. We'll be pod- podcasting live. First time ever. <laughs> yeah. So bear with us on that, but... We want to hear from you. Anything you want to mention, go over, ask. Uh, what? Yeah, anything else uh, we need to say about this? What? I, I do want to make sure they um, that they they uh, like any any gripes, complaints, 10, 10, or, 9, or or but 8, mainly having something 7, specific. 7, 6, like don't just go like 5, oh nothing. Four, I'm, four, I'm good. How are three, you? Like two, I don't want any of that bullshit. One, one, we're not uh, we're not Joe Ovia. We need some real. Uh,